welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you're all so excited to see one another. Uh, my name is Jenna. If we haven't met, I am the associate pastor here this mo- here at Awaken. Uh, so glad to be here and to be up here. Um, we got a hot mic. Is that is that me? I think we'll figure that out. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'm Jenna, obviously, like I said. Uh, and forgive my congestion this morning. I have a cold. And I don't know why. Uh, On Mondays, usually once a month on my Sabbath, I like to get a massage. And every single time I get one, I end up sick. So stupid Thomas. (laughs) Um, So hopefully you can just, um, yeah, bear with me. Okay, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Nailed it. That's so great. Uh, So this morning we are continuing in a series on prayer. Uh, Dan Lucas opened it up a couple weeks ago, and last week I talked about why we pray and why this particular practice is something uh, that the people of God are invited to engage. And today it feels natural to continue in that vein and now talk about how it is we pray. Um, So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. You heard right, just one verse today, and stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Pray with me. God, for eyes to see and ears to hear this morning. For the ability to know that you are able to hold what it is that we bring in this room. God, thank you for the gift of being together. In the strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So we are at the very beginning of Mark's gospel. And if you didn't notice, Mark's gospel tends to move very fast. We are in the 35th verse. And Jesus has already been tempted in the wilderness. Jesus has already been baptized. He's already called all of his disciples, and he is in the midst of his ministry going from town to town, proclaiming the good news of the gospel. And here, he takes a moment to pause, to pray, to get up very early in the morning while it is still dark, to be with Abba. And so this morning, we talk about how to pray. And who better to look to than Jesus, right? And I think what we see in this passage is the importance of uninterrupted time in prayer, of being alone, of getting up very early, of praying in the dark, because it's so much better to pray in the dark than it is in the light. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I am just kidding. (laughs) But I think... Uh, That is how we read those passages. It's like when you talk about how to pray and you look at Jesus, it's like, okay, all right, well, Jesus is getting up early in the morning, so 
that's probably what I should do. Uh, And friends, good news today. Prayer and the practice of prayer is so much more versatile, and it's so much bigger. In the scriptures, we see prayer show up in so many different ways, in poetry, in song, in liturgy, in repetition, in lament, even in dancing. For the former Baptists in here. (laughs) Dancing, and sometimes it's alone, and sometimes it's together, but it's so much bigger and more versatile than I think we realize. And my hope today, that as we have this conversation of, of how it is that we would pray, I hope you leave knowing and maybe seeing that some of you are probably already doing it. And second, I hope you leave with a sense of possibility and that there is so much room to be creative when it comes to prayer. Last week I talked about why it is we pray, and one of the points I made in that uh, is that we pray because prayer cultivates relationship with God. And the premise that I use is that God is this relational being that has created other relational beings, and we are in relationship. And something that has helped me understand that, um, because it can tend to be abstract to think about relationship with God, but what has helped me is to think about what it means to be in relationship with my people. What are the things that cultivate relationship between one another? And it's things like language, and eye contact, and touch, and laughter, and all sorts of things. And I made the point that what if that can also be true about God, but it's prayer that is the language. Prayer is the thing that deepens the intimacy that cultivates relationship. And when we understand prayer to be like that, prayer is making space for the relationship with God to exist. And so in our passage today, I think it's less about this prescriptive thing about how you have to get up early and do this whole thing, and it's more descriptive, that Jesus is simply just making the space to be with God. And so as I was thinking about standing up here and and telling all of you how it is that you should pray, which is a very humbling thing, knowing that some of you are probably much more developed in this area than myself, I just thought, man, I feel like there are some better questions that we can be asking. Because when you ask the question, how is it that we pray, we often uh, go straight to method and think, what are the things that we need to do? And I just think that there are some more important questions we have to ask first. Namely this, how do you make space in your life? We have very full lives constantly being pulled by everything that fills it. So how do you even make the space? And two, once you've made the space, how do you handle the things that automatically try and steal and rob it. And what I mean by that is this. This past summer, I went on a silent retreat. I went camping by myself, uh, which apparently people think is really dangerous, and maybe it is, but I had a great time. (laughs) Uh, But I went with the intent to make space. I, I go on silent retreats every once in a while, and 
By no means am I an expert. I'm sort of just making this up as I go. I've just noticed it works, and I'm privileged enough to get to take a weekend to do that. And so I went camping by myself to make the space to encounter God in a way that, that man, I, I just can't anywhere else. And inevitably, every time I do this, everything at some point, internally and externally, tries to fill that space that I made. And what I mean by that, how that manifests practically for me, oftentimes it's boredom, because I'm alone. But more intensely, it manifests as fear and anxiety. And I, I think that's for a lot of reasons. I think it's spiritual. I think when you make space for, to encounter God and, and, and uh, experience God and open yourself up, there are going to be things that come in and try and rob that and, and prevent that from happening. I think it's physical. When you're someone like me who has higher levels of anxiety, <laughs> my body just does that. I think it's what happens when you live in a culture like ours that operates on overstimulation and distraction and overconsumption. And so when you make the space, all of these things try and, try and get in. Um, this particular time, I had some pretty bad anxiety. <laughs> uh, and I, I sat with it for a while and I wrestled, but it just got to a point where uh, it wasn't productive anymore. So I went to bed. Um, and here's the thing. I woke up the next morning, and it was over. It was as if God had fought the battle overnight. And I woke up with all of this access in my life all of a sudden. And nothing magic happened that weekend. I went away. Uh, God didn't speak anything dramatic or significant to me, but I left with a sense of, oh, there you are, and there I am, and here we are. And so I say all of this because in the attempt to make the space, you know, we can think practically and tangibly about how to, how to take 10 minutes there, how to take five minutes there, but it's when we're in the space and we start to encounter things and all of a sudden what you thought would be this magic, peaceful thing is confrontational. And you don't know how to push through the anxiety. And so I more say that um, to normalize it a little bit. And to Dan's point, week one, everything belongs in prayer. Anxiety, fear, joy, thanksgiving, grief, adoration. And so I felt like it was important before we begin to talk about how to pray that we acknowledge that first, you have to make the space. And second, you have to know that even when you encounter something in the space that feels like a hindrance and, and will stop you from continuing to practice, we just sometimes have to push through it. And the more you practice, the more ingrained and faster, I think, uh, we experience prayer as connection with God. Uh, so friends, that's all I have for you today. Uh, as I was preparing, and we are uh, answering the question how to pray, I thought, hmm, what would be really dumb is for you to stand and talk to people about how to pray the whole time. Uh, 
we are going to pray together this morning. Um, now, for some of you who die a little when you hear that, um, <laughs> don't worry, I am not going to make you turn to the person next to you <laughs> and pray with a stranger. Uh, that will not be a part of the practice. Um, but we do, we want to lead you in four different practices. And really the idea of, of this is to try things on. There are going to be some practices that maybe feel dumb and something that you don't particularly connect with, but the point is to notice. The point is to notice what you connect with. Uh, so we'll be doing four things. We'll start with silence, and then we'll do Lexio Divina, which we'll talk more about. We'll do some uh, body and posture things, and then we'll sing together. So nothing too crazy. Um, but, I, you know, I, I really just think that I want you to leave knowing that you can be creative with this. And uh, I think sometimes when, when we think about implementing prayer and practice, you feel like you have to be some spiritual superhero. And so the person who hates silence <laughs> goes off and says, hey, why don't I spend 45 minutes of silence uh, so that I really connect with God? And uh, as much as I'm for challenging yourself in prayer, I'm also for setting yourself up well. Um, so we want you to engage these things and, um, and maybe see if there are certain things you connect with. Uh, so with that, we are starting with silence today. Um, silence is something that we use at every gathering. So usually after every teaching, we'll spend about two minutes do, doing it. Uh, and today we're going to do four minutes. Uh, John Mark actually brought this uh, to us in staff meeting, and uh, we, we practiced uh, five minutes of silence, so you guys get it easy. Um, and one of the things that John Mark was saying is, is he has this phrase to bring him back, uh, and it's, God is here. And so as you're sitting in this silence, and your mind is going to the fact uh, that you're hungry, or that you have all of these things to do, or that you're anxious about this, or nervous about that, you get to speak to that gently and gracefully. God is here. So what I'll do is pray. Uh, we'll take the moment of silence, and then I'll come back up and pray, and we'll move into the next practice. So pray with me, friends. God, thank you that you are here. And I ask that your spirit would be at work and we would be able to receive deeply what it is that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God. You are here. Thank you for who you are. Amen. Good job. Um, maybe take a deep breath in and exhale and transition out of the quiet. Um, 
The next practice I would like to invite us to do together is something that you might be familiar with. Uh, it's a practice called Lexio Divina. Uh, and that's a Latin phrase. Literally translated, it means sacred reading. And it's a practice uh, from the Benedictines from a long time ago and something that the church has been doing for a very long time. Um, so I'd like to invite us to do that together. And kind of the idea is that we, we engage a, a passage of scripture together and you listen for the thing that touches you or that pops. I had a professor in seminary say, look for the thing that shimmers, which I thought was sort of cheesy, but then I pictured a lake. And, you know, when you just see the light shimmer, it, it made it more pal palatable for me. Um, so I would love for us to practice that together. Um, Joan Testa, uh, is who is leading our prayer ministry, uh, and who better than the person leading your prayer ministry <laughs> to lead you through a prayer? Um, Joan is uh, a wonderful human, and she, <laughs> you are, <laughs> uh, and she's prepared something for us, so go ahead. Hello, friends. Just as Jenna had mentioned, um, I'd like you to just listen to this passage. It's also from Mark, chapter 10. And it is the story of Jesus healing blind Barnabas. Take some time to notice the whatever phrase or word that comes, seems to shimmer, as Jenna said, or something that touches your heart. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell that man to come here. So they called the blind man. Good news, they said. Jesus has heard you. Listen, he calls for you. Get up and go to him. Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Take a moment to notice the phrase or word that stood out to you, or a feeling that may, you may have noticed as you listened to the passage. Pause and savor the insight, the understanding, 
And now I'll read the passage again. Notice whatever comes to you. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was but nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell that man to come here. So they called the blind man. Good, mood, good news, they said. Jesus has heard you. Listen. He calls for you. Get up and go to him. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go. For your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Friends, there may be something that you have noticed from this passage that speaks directly to you, and you may be invited to ponder this further, maybe even have a dialogue with Jesus about what this means or could mean to you personally. So maybe, again, deep breath in, deep breath out as we transition. The beautiful thing about Lexio is that uh, you can do that by yourself uh, and read a passage by yourself and pay attention to what stands out, but I just think it's better with others. Um, this final practice that we would engage together uh, is actually about our bodies and our posture uh, and the expression that comes from how we're holding ourselves. Science is an amazing thing, uh, and it has taught us the physiological power of what posture and body can do and how it actually influences the thoughts and the mind and the expression that comes from us. And so when we think about prayer, uh, and, and prayer is making space, it's just as much physical as it is everything else. Uh, and so in these next few moments together, I would like to invite you to either stand or use the kneelers. Uh, and from that place of posturing yourself before God, uh, to let words and thoughts and prayers come. And that can be externally. You can pray those out loud. Uh, it can be internally. You can pray that to yourself. Um, or if words aren't there, 
John Mark will be playing a melody behind us, and you can just rest in that for a few moments. Um, so I would invite you to take your position <laughs> uh, and, and be here. Friends, what a beautiful image of God's people together in this moment. And I hope that you leave today knowing that there is room and flexibility in this practice. Um, even if you're fighting with God right now, the health of relationship is not an absence of conflict, but instead it's open lines of communication. And sometimes prayer looks like wrestling. And so if that's you today, wrestle. And in closing, I would like to invite us together to say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Grace and peace, friends. Find us online at www.awakeningcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awakening Community or on Twitter at Awakening Community. See you next time.